The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the hosts and guests as individuals and do not necessarily reflect those of advertisers or sponsors. This show is intended as entertainment and commentary only. The producers strive for verisimilitude, but nothing said on this podcast should be taken as fact by the listener or viewer without performing due diligence. The existence, the physical universe, is basically playful. There is no necessity for it whatsoever. It isn't going anywhere. That is to say, it doesn't have some destination that it ought to arrive at. This is Keep Your Hat On, a show by three nerdy nobodies and one nerdy kind of somebody about nothing in particular. Keep Your Hat On is brought to you by the Narrow Band Broadcast Network, NBBN, The Focus, is on you by podsquadpdx.com painless podcasting and by the kind support of kyho fans everywhere via patreon create on your own terms on this episode our vaguely vacuous yet vivaciously verbose quartet tries to be brief <laughs> you kids just slay me anyhow we've got sea organs we've got poached plants We've got ties three songs. We've got uh, sea creatures in organs. Don't know how that works. Anywho, I'm Michael, and I'm just as confused as you are about all of this, but let's just, let's just start it, please. Anyway, here's Andrew, Robert, Dr. Mark, and on the hydrophone, it's Chris. And hello, and welcome back. This is Keep Your Hat on the show where hell even we don't know where we're gonna go. I'm Andrew Scott, along with my good friend, Chris Vacano and my other good friend, Rob Anthony, and my third good friend, Dr. Mark Peterson, professor of philosophy at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. And I'm not even gonna ask how you jokers are doing today because I don't wanna hear the crickets. But how's everybody and doing And we've today? got crickets. <laughs> <laughs> I like, you know, we need to give the crickets their own, uh, you know, their own subheading. What's that? Crickets, how they're doing. Probably, <laughs> yeah. Hey, crickets, how you doing, man? How's life? So Mostly awesome. We're good. And I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to our program today, which should be a, a lighter fare than normal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Instead of a steak, you're getting a slice of bacon. But and who doesn't like a digest. good slice of bacon? Really? Come I was going to say cheesecake, but okay. Oh, don't go to the cheese. Actually, I got to say, um, I've been doing sugar-free now for about seven or eight years, and we've got it down to the point where my partner, Heather, makes such a good sugar-free cheesecake that mm. uh, a, a, a friend of mine and Chris and, and soon-to-be uh, Ty's um, that's pretty much all he ever asks for. When his life goes to hell, I get a text that says, can you have Heather make me a keto cheesecake? It's there. Oh. They are really good. And, uh, long gone are the days of weird chemically altered artificial sugars. Um, ever since we came out with, uh, uh, monk fruit, monk fruit's a really amazing thing. Uh, it is all natural and has, virtually no calories um does it have monks right i was just gonna say you know and <laughs> what part of a monk is the fruit i don't want to you know but um uh no more cases about that monk? <laughs> what was that ty is it mung monk m-o-n-k as monk. in bow to the monk 
Um, no, but the, the, the replacement sugars, uh, which are often called sugar alcohols, number one, for anybody that's listening or watching, uh, if you've never done it before, do go in lightly because suddenly consuming a lot of a sugar alcohol will really mess up your insides. It's something that you include uh, slowly so that your gut bacteria changes. But one of the really nice things about it, and science has known about this forever, when you consume a lot of processed sugar, either cane or any other natural sugar, it, it, it develops a specific biome in your oh, gut sure. and specific yeah. bacteria. And when you suddenly remove it, all those bacteria are in your gut going, well, what do we do now? And then if you suddenly send in replacement bacteria, they die, but... The good news about that is, as unpleasant as it might be for about a week, once you change over, <laughs> um, the the sugar alcohol that's inside of uh, monk fruit, which is called erythritol, is actually okay. really good for the good bacteria in your uh, gut and doesn't spike your blood sugar and uh, has a number of other interesting health benefits. But again, don't sit down to an entire cheesecake made by my girlfriend because you will be one sorry bastard um we've got a bunch of really fun stuff coming up we're going to actually do our very not best cheesecake not cheesecake uh we're going to do our very best to keep this show and all future shows a little bit shorter but meanwhile <laughs> right i was just going to say yeah, yeah exactly it's us yeah. so we're, we're trying to set realistic <laughs> expectations but we're going to be right back wins. and start the show after this this is keep your hat on that is dr mark wow new toys and that's robert anthony that's chris vacano i'm andrew scott we'll be back in just a moment don't go anywhere fastest throw to break ever Hey everybody, Andrew Scott here from the Keep Your Hat On podcast. I just wanted to take a minute to say thanks for listening and to make sure that you know that there's a video version of our show over on YouTube. Not only do you get to see our lovely faces, and yeah, that's lovely in air quotes, but you also get a look at what we're talking about. And there's slightly different content over there. I mean, like whole different segments, bonus bits, and other stuff that, well, Let's just say that it's funnier in your eyes than it may be in your ears. So head on over to the YouTube channel at the link provided in your podcast listening app, click subscribe, and hit that little bell to be notified when new video content goes live. We'll see you there. Well, no, you'll see us there, but you get it. And remember, keep your hat on. We may end up miles from here. Thanks. Now let's get back to the show. And we're back as promised on Keep Your Hat On. I'm Andrew Scott, along with Dr. Mark Peterson and Robert Anthony. And we're throwing it over to Christopher Vacano. We are doing um, a little bit of a musical adventure today. Uh, a couple of our stories have to do with music and who doesn't want to do with music. But Chris, what do you got? Yeah, so this is my new favorite thing in the world this week. Uh, I mean, I, I am obsessing over this. 
so I want to start off. It, 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 this is a this is a music meets art meets architecture thing, but it's going to start off sounding like a little bit of a geography lesson. So I'm good with that. <laughs> I like so, knowing where things are. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I had never even heard of this place until I discovered this thing, and I started reading about this place, and and it's got fascinating history. So Zadar is a city in Croatia. In fact, it is the oldest city in Croatia with settlements dating back to the Bronze Age. Uh, and it has changed hands many times. It wasn't always Croatian because there wasn't always Croatia, obviously. Um, it's It's been passed back and forth. It's been sacked a number of times. Uh, and rebuilt. That, that's always uh, great how you build your credential as a town by how often you've been sacked throughout history. <laughs> right, right. And and it's it's very popular. Uh, you know, fast forward to today, it's it's uh, it's it's referred to by a lot of uh, uh, writers and and you know travel travel guides as kind of the coolest city in in. Croatia. So, so it's a uh, city right on the Adriatic coast, um, and uh, w you know what, what's what's kind of so fascinating about it to me as a city is you've got ancient buildings standing right next to extremely mo modern buildings, and you've kind of got the whole sort of architectural history of the region expressed. In, in the city. Right. And to give people um, an idea who are just listening, uh, as far as like latitude goes, if you think about Italy and you think where Florence and like San Marino are, if you go directly across the Adriatic, then you wind up running into Zadar, Croatia. So among all of these, uh, uh, this is kind of where we pivot into, into the topic. Um, among all of these, uh, this, this long history of this city and changing hands and getting sacked, uh, Zadar was bombed devastatingly during World War II by the Allies uh, mm -hmm. because it was, you know, it was in that in, in the Axis regions and yeah. and and it's a major shipping port. Right. Um, so it, it was just bombed beyond comprehension. So in the days after World War II, actually the days, weeks, months, and years after World War II. Uh, the the good people of Zadar were scrambling to rebuild their city, and uh, on the waterfront, um, I, I mean, it was just such a such a sort of knee jerk. We got to rebuild. Um, the waterfront basically ended up being this long, continuous concrete wall, uh, which I mean, if you think about it, who walls off? You know, one of the most beautiful features of a city, its coastline. People who have a lot of concrete, I suppose. Um, well, that's so, that's the Soviet bloc. So in the early 2000s, the city undertook a project to tear out this wall. And and they had a competitive bidding process. And they settled on a project proposed by uh, the architect. I'm going to mangle the pronunciation on his name. Um uh, the architect Nikola Bozic, I think it is. Okay. Um, Put it this way: you can f you can fool me at this point. So <laughs> sin boldly. Yeah, I, I'm 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 sorry to Croatians if I got that wrong. I you know my my apologies to Nikola. <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid to say your last name again. Uh, in any case, so what they did was they tore out the concrete wall, 
And he installed a, a network of polyethylene tubes that went underwater and they, they move in through the ground to a sound chamber. And then the sound chamber has a number of outlets on the surface of this, of this nice viewing platform. This, I, can, this I, can, I can mechanically see where this is going. This is very giant cool. patio. And what it does is it interacts with the sea and the waves push air through the, um, through the, through the pipes and into the sound chamber and then up through the outlets. So as you're down at the space, you hear all this wonderful, for lack of a better word, music. And, and it's the music of the sea. And, and it's called the Zadar Sea Organ. Now, now this is one part of a two-part piece of art uh, because he followed up shortly thereafter with another installation on the, uh, on the promenade there uh, well, first of all, what followed was uh, marble steps leading down into the water that sort of hid the pipes and give people direct access. So you can actually go down to the go down the steps and get your feet wet, and and you got the water gently lapping against the Ex steps. Experience and, the sea. Yeah, and 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 this might be a good a good spot to. Uh, hey, look at that interjecting video. <laughs> the second part of this piece of piece of art is. A 22-foot diameter disc uh, made of, of layered glass with LED lighting elements and solar solar elements that that lays flat. You can you can walk across it, um, and what it does is it spends all day capturing sunlight, and then at night the LED lights come on, and they harmonize with the sound from the sea organ, and do these arrays, you know, the lights turn on and off based on what what sounds are coming into and it. And I'm so all about this, synchronized this, blinky lights. Anybody that knows yeah, this, me knows that I, that's my jam. This this visual experience. And, and from overhead, <laughs> what's fascinating to me about this and why I'm sort of so obsessed with it is it actually looks like uh, the light and color that you see, like if you're underwater, um, I mean, it looks like like waves moving, moving across these uh, these lights, um, and and you know uh, the the artist to hear his thought process about these is 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 the the sea organ he he was aiming to communicate with the sea uh, he was aiming to give the sea a way to talk to us and and for us to listen I mean truly listen to the sea. And and if you listen, you know, you spend some time with the videos. Links below. Links um, below. You know, if, if if you spend a few minutes with it, you start to hear. I mean, it sounds both familiar and very different. Uh, there there's something really powerful in in the sound. Um, and uh, there there's kind of a there's kind of a sadness in it. Which it does I sound kind of melancholy and mournful. It, it is, yeah, it, yeah uh, very much. And I so. and I think obvi the obvious word here, which I'm going to go to, is is um, is ethereal. Uh, definitely, yeah, definitely, I agree. And 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 he conceptualized in in the same way. He conceptualized the light project to have a conversation with the sun and the sky, and 
bring light and color in. So, so that's that's the thing I'm obsessing about. And that's incredibly cool. I'm always uh, interested in um, in projects that help bring you to a different a, a different interface with nature and with the environment. And uh, anytime it's done, including music. And I'm just all the more about it. It's the same thing. There are a number of uh, parks. If you drive Pacific Coast Highway 101 through the Redwoods, Humboldt County, places like that, um, where a number of art installations have been put in in um, uh, U.S. forest uh, areas that allow the trees with the movement of the wind to generate music. And it is... Mm-hmm. unearthly which is interesting and ironic because it is inherently earthly uh yeah but, it's by definition earthly <laughs> yeah but uh cool and again we'll have more links to that down below but we're gonna jump away to a break this is keep your hat on we're pretty sure you know that we're pretty sure you know that that was christopher vacano we're pretty sure you know that that up there is robert anthony and that of course, is Dr. Mark Peterson, and we'll be back in just a minute on the Narrowband Broadcast Network. Don't go anywhere. Alexa, play the latest episode of Keep Your Hat On podcast on Amazon Music. Here's Keep Your Hat On from Amazon Music. So that's a thing you can do now. the show where we don't know where we're going to go and neither do you but we're going across town to robert anthony we're going down the street to christopher vacano and we're going all the way to the beautiful rolling hills of the kettle moraine at least for now with dr mark peterson and mark you've uh, you've discovered something that's going on that of course you must bring to the world's attention and what is this thing yeah, to keep from going completely uh, mental with the current situation, and which is called uh, life. I don't know what you're find, talking about. It's important to find these little, these little, these little breadcrumbs of joy dropped to help us escape from the witch that will put us in the oven to bake us with Gretel. Um, if you stayed with me on any of that, okay, this actually I did. Me. I was <laughs> just going to make a actually... I was going to make a Bake Off joke, but I, I, I was waiting for the little stick out of the out of the cage door. <laughs> right here. Anyway, um, uh, I, this actually came up about two or three years ago to start, and it has to do. <clears throat> I have two stories. The first is the first one with the poaching of succulents, and. I, I thought this might be like a strip club in Vegas. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a new fetish. Yeah, succulents yeah, lounge. Well, apparently it is a kind I, I, I of a fetish. I didn't know succulents were edible. They Some, are not. No, most in aren't. Fact, these serve no purpose except to poaching? make you look good. And um, I'll uh, give I'll give you the. 
There you go, Chris. Okay, bunch, carry on, Mark. A handful of Korean nationals. This is from nineteen uh, from twenty nineteen. I have a, a more recent one. Were uh, arrested going through Northern California, uh, picking off just these um, little succulents. You know, like little like cactus and so on. Hens and chicks and stuff. And you like think, that? well, yeah, that sort of thing. Okay. And you think, what is the big deal? And this is two years ago when they. This is the, one of the first incidences. They seized 664 pounds oh, Jesus. of these things, worth six hundred thousand dollars. Where? Six hundred thousand. How do uh, I get in on this action? I didn't know that yeah, there was a black market for succulents. I, I got a so shit ton the, of them in my yard. Yeah. The black, oh, the black market boy. is apparently huge. Wow. Um, all of it, most all of it, in uh, in China and uh, Japan and Korea. And my guess is that there's a like, mad dash for like having cool household plants. And they didn't cover this here, but it's only been about the last 10 or 15 years that people in China had households, which they do now. Right. There's, there's this crazy building. <laughs> if you uh, don't have a shelf to put it on. Going on. <clears throat> so uh, uh, two more details here. There's a particular Chilean cactus, which is going crazy. And then there's the Dulilas, which I will show you what they look like. And this is the thing. It's like, it doesn't look like... Where'd you go, buddy? Here you go. It doesn't look like much, and there it is. Um, it just looks like, you know, that could be chicken or hens and eggs, right? I mean, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like your basic succulent. <laughs> the scrambled yeah, these, egg succulent. <laughs> these suckers can go for 1200 bucks a pop in the Asian. Wow. That's okay. a little Eddie, weird. Uh, Let's okay, get to so it. Can I interject yeah. a little question here? Okay. Uh, is, is part of it that succulents just don't grow natively over there? You know, I think they must, right? There's succulents all over the world. Yeah. Um, They're a pretty oh, big just, phylum of, of botany. Huge. And not just in California. Let me show you one more pretty one. The other, the, 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 this, and this is more recently, uh, in the last year, um, the, the uh, center of black market uh, succulent poaching turns out to be Cape Town, South Africa. And I'll show you these <laughs> little beauties. <laughs> yeah, I know, because where else would it be? There you go. Talk about a, a new conspiracy. There it is. Oh, wow. Oh, nice. Ooh, okay, see, that that one I like. That one I think is go. pretty groovy. Get this out of the way here so I can see what I'm doing. This rascal, there were two South Korean poachers arrested for 60,000 of these little beauties, right? Uh, Let's see, Italian officials raided more than 1,000 poached cactus plants worth approximately $1.2 million on the black market. Wow. So wow. we just, you know, if we were thinking about drug smuggling, we just really had this wrong. I, <laughs> I have a theory, and not only do I have a theory, I have a theory, a theory. that actually plays into a story that's going to come up in a few minutes. And what is your, th or do you want to wait? No. No, I'll say it now, and that is traditional Chinese medicine. Oh, I don't. Uh, I thought well, you know, that's that what too. I was going to ask. These are not being used. This is like why they're hunting tigers in India and stuff, right? For tiger paw and all those. I don't know, man. There species. were there are a number of compounds that are uh, grown from. Uh, uh, oh wait, from they're 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 from lichen that grows in yeah. China. Yeah. Um, yeah. And actually, at the beginning of the pandemic, um, my partner and I started taking some of them because they did show um, active antiviral protection. They also seem to make my liver hurt. So I'm a little concerned about that. But um, the other the only other thing I got is, um, you know, the 
the the topiary tradition in Asian countries, you know, bonsai in Japan is the one that everybody knows. I think that's knows. more likely. Because they really, here. everybody, they always like, um, the, you know, the big push is for your thing, your terrarium or topiary or whatever you're going to call it, is unique and has things that are completely nobody else can get a hold of. But I can't for the life of me think that the market is that oh, big. <clears throat> I got questions. Right? Mark, yeah. did did you get anything from the lens of how they're being consumed on the other no, side of this the, black the market? Apparently, yeah, the, 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 everything I saw, because I did look up, I, my first assumption was the traditional Chinese medicine. They will, you know, they've been stripping right. the world. Every The pantolins, for instance, are right. going mm -hmm. extinct, right, and so on. Um, <clears throat> no, apparently this is entirely um, decorative. Huh. And so my next question is, why is there such a big black? Why are they taking in such huge numbers? Yeah. Why don't you take one, propagate it, farm it? Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then I mean, just go into not, your. They're not hard, hard to care for or maintain. Well, I, mean, I, I don't know. I've known plenty of people that can, you know, kill dust bunnies by trying to, you know, so. But <laughs> true. And do the, does the government want these succulents in the country? That's. Well, and the thing you know, that it brings that up would to me. A black market, you know, right? And it's just. So if I say that this is an invasive species and now all of a sudden there's a black market for it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's well, and remember, you know, Mark, you and I were talking the other day when you brought this up to me off channel about yeah. um, the whole thing where uh, earlier, earlier this pandemic, um, there were a bunch of seeds that were showing up in people's mailboxes. Remember this? They, you know, like they were getting these shipments of seeds yeah. from China. This is a legitimate yeah. conspiratorial thing. I mean, I thought for, I thought from for Amazon. I thought for years that maybe the Chinese were actually taking their spent uranium fuel and putting it into pots and pans, <laughs> small amounts, and shipping it to us. Here, have because, a guess. Yeah, because exactly. that's what I would do, right? <laughs> well, right. Um, no, there's, well, this is all decorative, apparently. This is not medicinal. There must be something about, and I don't know if it's cachet or if it's, um, you know, if it's kind of an animistic approach, which is not unsurprising in that part of the world. I, th I would bet you anything in that China it's right it's now. about where it's grown. It's that makes class, it valuable. It's middle class uh, and, uh, cons conspicuous consumption, so that they can and, say and, they and have also these about things. this also is about how it looks. You know, I just thought of a really good parallel, uh, and that's koi fish because. Uh, if if you know how, don't hold how up your arm, koi, Chris. Oh, I like my tattoo. I oh, know yeah, you, koi fish. Uh, yeah, koi. Do I have yeah, to drive over there and point to the joke? Is that what's going on? <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, uh, because uh, koi, you know, primarily are harvested in uh, this this one particular valley in Japan that floods every year, and. It fills up with, and, and to them, it's just local carp. You know, right. it's no big deal. Yeah. Uh, but then as the, as the valley drains, they just walk out in the, in the you know, diminishing water. The harvesters, just, not the fish. Yeah, the harvesters. <laughs> and they just pick up the fish and take them, you know, so, take them to, to market. So, Mark, and, look, and it's all about, it's all about the, the, the patternings and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. So, but, Mark, you're saying that you suspect that this is some kind of bourgeois botany? Is that what's Oh, yeah. I think this is just decorative. Yeah. You have to remember the Chinese, the Chinese are just now developing a middle class and they're going to go through all of the same horrifying yeah, yeah. lawn art 
Of course, they don't have lawns there, right? But they, whatever that equivalent of, of horrible lawn art is, the, the Chinese middle class is going to go through it. What's very know. interesting, though, is that, of course, we all know that the vast majority of pink flamingos are made in China. And with that, we're going to be right back on the other side of this break. This is Keep Your Hat On. I'm Andrew Scott, along with my good friends, Dr. Mark Peterson and Christopher Vaccano and Ty Robert Anthony. And we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. No, seriously, don't, don't, don't go anywhere. Hey, everybody, Michael, your stalwart announcer here, the voice of the Keep Your Hat On podcast. We really hope you're enjoying the shows we put out every month and the bonus goofiness we try and throw in. If you do, we'd really appreciate your support. While we'd love it if you could help us out with a monthly donation by heading over to patreon.com nbbn, please don't forget that you can also support us by telling your friends, relatives, the hot Amazon delivery guy, hell, your potted fern, about the show, and do the like, click, and subscribe thing. That's free, and it helps us out more than you might suspect. We just want to keep putting something good out into this bananas world at this extra bananas time. And we want you along for the ride. No matter what, thanks so much for audio visualizing. Now, let's get back to the show. Dr. Mark about this insane conspiracy to run off with American succulents and get them into China. But that put us in an Asiatic frame of mind. Of course, we just finished up with the Olympics. I don't, whatever. Yeah, it was interesting and weird. And I still question whether or not anybody should have ever showed up. But, you know, anyways. So, Mark, you had something uh, tied into the Olympics that I, I know what you're going to talk about. But, uh, yeah, go ahead. This was actually, this was actually too good to pass up today as, a, as another piece of dessert for us young. Um, uh, the equestrian events, of course, is are a very serious bunch. Oh, yeah. And as you know, and the equestrian events in Japan ran into a real trouble with horses clearing jump number 10. Yeah. And this went on throughout the first few set of horses. And finally, the riders complained and had it adjusted. And the reason, let me pull this up here for us. The reason that there was a problem it was horses. it was a big reason in in defense. It was a with horses clearing jump number ten. Is as they came around from jump number nine, <laughs> they were exposed to this, and apparently, 
they'd come around for the turn and they'd be exposed to this sumo wrestler's butt and the horses would stop and not want to jump the fence. <laughs> yeah. And just I got I got nothing else but that. Pumping the brakes. <laughs> going on. No. Yeah, exactly. And uh, uh they were trying to promote uh Japanese sumo tradition and really what they did is just scare the shit out of the horses. And you can see the yeah. horse here, even the horse this horse which is clearing the jump it looks like um is looking askance. If I can use that word. I think you oh, can. I think you just he's did. He's straight actually. eyeballing that sumo. He's eyeballing sumo. that sumo. Right. Yep. Um, I mentioned this in passing and uh, and in goodwill toward the Olympic Committee, which did, in fact, remove the statue. Yeah, but the not, uh, not, not, a, not after some controversy, some cajoling. And if I remember right, there were a couple national teams that said that they would refuse to participate because they they were saying that it was a health health and safety concern because the horses are getting horses are getting so spooked that if they suddenly the go horses. go over a gable and land and freak out it's very yeah. easy to throw a rider and a rider's going to go off and over the front which oh, is very dangerous uh, yeah. as far as ways to land goes because it almost always winds up with uh, an upper torso uh, injury. I keep, I keep wondering what the horses were thinking. So There's, here's my question, though. So they finally removed it. Did they relaunch the event? Apparently, I mean, yes. Yes. Apparently okay. so. Yes. They just find the, the Olympic Committee, the Japanese organizers just finally gave in and went, apparently you people don't appreciate good sumo. So, so, all right, well, let's get on to the important business of the day. One of the things that uh, Mark and Chris and Robert and I, and we're sure you all really enjoy is music. And one of the things that we're trying to figure out avenues for is to discuss, hit, it, hit me, come on. You don't whip no. out that you can don't do anything. That's royalty free music. At least we can include that. Go, <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. But, you know, there's a, a very famous uh, habit of people to discuss music by picking some of their all-time favorite songs. And, uh, you know, one of them is the idea of winding up on a desert island with only one CD player. Uh, but we're going into a little segment that we call... My Three Songs, starring Robert Anthony. This is a segment that we call My Three Songs, and we are throwing this first to our good friend, Robert Anthony. And Robert, what have you been listening to today that we should all be paying attention to? I listen predominantly to Spotify. But if you go to a radio station on uh, uh Spotify or Pandora, chances are it's going to weave off that initial song that you put in. Sure. That's, so, that's kind of the, that's the, the main thrust of those things is music discovery. You put in one thing and it spider webs you out into all sorts of different recommendations. The problem is, is it, it gets into a little frustration, right? So, cause it's so? so far, it will wander so far away from what you wanted to listen to. Okay. And so one of the things that I found, and we'll link below, is I found this website, Song Like X is what it's called, Song Likes. So oh. you go to this uh, this website, you punch in the artist and the, the, the song, and it creates a Spotify list 
that uh, is listenable, likable, doesn't stray too far, but still leaves room for you to uh, discover some new new music. Right on. Um, uh, Really, really cool. I've tried this out. And two out of my three songs, well, one out of the three songs, I should say, comes from a playlist that I generated. Okay. So the three songs that I've been listening to. And these, to to be clear, these things are pretty new to you. Is what you're saying? These are new discoveries for you? Uh, The last, the last song on my list is. Okay. The other two, I, I, um, are, I'm a frequent flyer. Right on. So, uh, uh, the first artist, artist is, is, uh, pronounced Tinawarin. I, and I maybe (laughs) fucked that up. (laughs) Uh, Tinnerwin is uh, uh, a band out of the uh, Mali Sahara Desert. Okay. Um, really, really cool. So Saharan uh, Africa. I'm not even gonna try. Well, okay, I'll try. The song's name is Tawayan, and I know that I mispronounced that, so we're gonna have to look at that. Uh, but we'll link down below. We're a bunch of dumb white guys. We have plenty of forgiveness when it comes to oh, pronunciation. Oh, yeah. I really... <laughs> we own that. Really that. I know I did. Uh, the, but the one that I... So what I found is with this uh, uh, Song Likes website is if you punch in something that is relatively surficial, so like I started with um, uh, Roll It To Me by Paul, Paul McCartney, I got a bunch of music that was from that time era and that was um pretty much you know the the classic classic rock era kind of stuff okay um but when i went back and i put in uh wolf like me by tv on the radio which is my second song right on and a good choice Um, i really dig that yeah tv on the radio they're, they're cool yeah yeah and i got a very very robust playlist uh that included some stuff that i hadn't heard included some stuff that i had kind of forgotten about Mm -hmm. uh and that brings me to the third uh the third piece of music was midnight voyage by ghostland observatory okay yeah yeah uh and that was just the next song on that playlist and i kind of I'm not sure whether I'm following it or not, but I'm kind of digging listening to it, and I'm digging listening to that whole playlist. Right on. Uh, hey, Andy, what do you think about creating a playlist of of this segment, of all these songs that are going to come our way? I think that is a capital idea, my son. Can we link down below to that playlist? We will be linking down below to that. We will absolutely be linking down to below to that because it's free to do so. We're going to start building out a My Three Songs Keep Your Hat On playlist. So do check uh, below and uh, follow along with us and give us comments and tell us what you like and don't like. We think that's interesting. And we think that you're going to find that interesting too. Rob, anything else to say on this? No, th- those are just the first three songs. I think... Uh... Uh, they're varied. Stick to the uke, uh, Mark. I hope you enjoy them. Excellent. Well, I look yeah, forward yes. to hearing it, but we're going to take one more quick little break with a very important message for all you people out there. But until we come back, I'm Andy. That's Chris. That's Ty. That's Dr. Mark. And this is Keep Your Hat On. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Cool. I actually really look forward to hearing that. Hi everybody, this is Andrew Scott. 
the host and producer of the Keep Your Hat On podcast. Look, this pandemic has been really hard on all of us. There's no question. Things were so bad for so long. Everybody locked away, praying to stay healthy, hoping for a solution. And for a while, things started legitimately getting better. But now, just when we were thinking we could get back to some kind of normal, we have the Delta variant, which is much more transmissible, like 60% more. And it makes more people sicker, including young people. We may be through with coronavirus, but coronavirus is sure the hell not through with us. Feeling helpless feels awful, but we are not helpless. Both of the MNRA vaccines are highly effective against both the Gamma and Delta variant, especially when it comes to keeping people out of the hospital. Statistically speaking, if you get either MNRA shot, your chances of getting coronavirus are very, very low. And if by some unfortunate quirk you do, your chances of passing it on are significantly lower. Your chances of having to be hospitalized are even lower. And your chances of dying are nearly zero. Yes, both Pfizer and Moderna are working on variant-specific boosters right now. But honestly, any shot of any kind is better than remaining unprotected. Truth is, the more unvaccinated people we have, the more mutations and variants we'll see. And there's a chance they'll be even worse than what we're dealing with now. You're sick of this, we're sick of this. So do what it takes to help fight it. Do everyone a favor. Keep wearing your mask in public, stay vigilant, and get your damn shot, any shot. That's how we fight this fucking virus for all of us. In the US, go to vaccines.gov or contact your local health authority worldwide to find out where to get yours today. This has been a public service message from the KYHO team. to keep your hat on and a special hello and welcome back to all our listeners around the world. This is our 12th episode, but we're growing and we've got people to say hello to in far flung places like Canada. But we've also got, we've also got to watch say, those canucks. Right, exactly. Oh, we've got Canada. hey, you better careful. You better be careful, Ty, because we got people listening in Australia now. 
Uh, we also have people. Uh, we have people listening. We have people. Well, listening. hey, you listeners out in Australia, you let me know. Does Australia really exist? I'm sure they're going to let you know. But we also have oh, people to cool. say hello to in places like Paraguay, and places like Tibet and Nepal, um, and 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 uh, all over the world. And uh, again, a special hello and welcome back to all our listeners and viewers in India. We're honored that you spend some time with us every other week. And um, uh, namaskar to you. But uh, what? Huh? What? I said what? namaskar. Yeah. What about it? I thought it was namaste. Namaste is the formal spiritual. Namaskar is a standardized greeting that you use when you're not aiming towards somebody's spiritual tradition. Well, I just learned something really And that's something new. Everybody just Boom! Except, of course, our Indian listeners. Exactly. All our Indian listeners are going, you stupid. (laughs) (laughs) But anyways, (laughs) I got a little something here to wrap up the show. Strap in. So we were talking about traditional Chinese medicine earlier. And, you know, there are, I, I, I actually include a number of TCM practices in my own health regimen. There are a number of things that are, I find both valuable uh, from a personal approach and also from a scientific approach. There's a lot of stuff that's happened in traditional Chinese medicine that traditional Western medicine has backed up. But that's not always the case. So, um, when you get constipated, bring it, Andy. <laughs> yeah, this. you know, we immediately think of tiny little chocolate squares, or, or you know, your standardized pill, or maybe a a chug of something pink and chalky. How many people think about ramming a seventeen centimeter eel into your rectum? Oh, Never. fuck you. Oh, <laughs> hell no. <laughs> you cannot possibly. Oh, oh, you possibly. can. Oh, you can. No. And they have not Wait, once. 17 inch or centimeter? Centimeter. But don't worry. It gets Stop. worse. It gets Whoa. so much worse. So, so um, there's there's been a news story. There's been a news story uh, recently, and this is dated uh, 729 to 21. So this is fresh. Um, <laughs> That's funny. Uh, a, a man in China has been hostile, hospitalized after using. Hostilized? Hostilized. Yeah. But no, he's we'll just see. he's sleeping with his, you know, pack as a pillow. No, he's been he hospitalized, hospitalized. By the eel. He's been hospitalized after using a live eel to cure his constipation. Cure? Now, yeah. Cure. Now, cure. What, what, what? Okay. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Before you're pumping the brakes really early on this story, I haven't yeah, even given you know, any facts. I gotta know why was he? I mean, yes, it's bad enough that you got a live eel up to your fucking rectum, but I mean, yeah. was there any damage? That, I mean, did the eel start? You are What's you are so ahead of the curve. Let me get the okay. facts laid out. Okay, okay, sorry. <laughs> yeah, okay, and I got I, the number wrong. It was a twenty centimeter eel. Okay, so which is approximately eight inches. Did he, yeah. did he have to work up to that? What I don't know if there was some dilation <laughs> yeah. that needed to happen. Most Maybe eels ex- starter eels, right, starter eels. Yeah, <laughs> you get you get this kit, and it's five eels of different sizes. Um, right. No. So um, and, and and look, I gotta say, I'm not. I I am not. Listeners, right here, watch me. 
I am not defending this practice. I am simply just get it done. Um, I understand biomechanically why this might be some kind of idea for somebody. Um, but yeah, Ty, to cut to the chase, um, the eel did what eels do. It went in the direction it could go. Brace yourselves. Yes. And chewed through his bowel and escaped oh. into his abdomen. Oh, who wouldn't? <laughs> right? I mean, if you're asking me as an eel, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to come out no matter what. Um, and uh, yeah, That's he, a shitty place to be. Yeah. Uh, there it is. Okay. Uh, it's, it's, it, we've got at least three rim shots in this episode today. Um, it, it, but this is not the first time this has happened. In 2017, one man tried the folk remedy, and this is, of course, this is according, and of course, links down below. This is according to a Newsweek article. Um, in 2017, one man tried the folk remedy as per his friend's uh, suggestion. <laughs> See, that's where it um, And uh, yeah, the 49-year-old man was rushed to the hospital where doctors performed an emergency surgery to remove the eel when they asked him how the eel had gotten into his system. Uh, he told them it swam up by itself before eventually confessing that he had put it there. Um, he also... Uh, also uh, wound up having an, uh, having to have an abdominal surgery. Um, and in 2020, well-trusted Fox News reported a similar, similar incident. Uh, in that case, the eels, quote, and again, brace yourselves, tore through the man's intestines, causing a serious infection, end quote. Yeah, uh, yeah, we we you know, opened it's interesting it. about this. Oh, really? There's a, yeah, there's only one thing. Is there more? Just one thing. Uh, we opened him yeah. up and we noticed a large amount of fecal water mixed with blood. There, I said it. Now, comments. The floor is open. So you know what's wow. interesting about this? Please so, tell me. Is that the eel, when confronted with the impacted stool? Decided it would be easier to chew through the guy's intestines. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, if you're going to be throwing up roadblocks to my progress on your behalf. Yeah, like, nope, I'm not going through that. The eel had one. This job. is a bunch of bullshit, this is. <laughs> oh, man, that's too much. I mean, I, I'm listening to this story thinking, man, this sounds like an old Andrew Dice Clay bit. You know? Oh, I just hey, ran into a better. I just ran into a better line that I have to go out on. I have to do this. Let it be so. Okay. Quote, unquote, there was severe swelling and we found two very thick swamp eels at the bottom of his abdominal cavity, whoever the person was added. Uh, as a result of the incident, the man required repairs to a two centimeter hole in his colon in addition to one of his intestines. Dear listener slash viewer, no matter where the fuck you are on the planet, please just take X-Lax. Please drink so, a giant glass of salt water. Do anything. Do anything but stuff eels up your rectum. Can, can we can we safely say that this is a Darwinism event? You know, you got to you. You got to go that direction, don't you? I mean, because really, if you're going to hold, I mean, just holding a live eel, 
just holding a live eel with your hands. I'm already yeah, squinked out by that. Yeah. 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 You know, and, and where a... where do you think that that's safe to like insert? Nowhere. Isn't oh wait, there, no. Yeah. Insert it back where it came from. Yeah, yeah. Mark, yeah. put it back in the water the, or whatever. Uh, how did they miss the Lemmy Weeks uh, sequel um, <laughs> with with this? That's what I want to know. Oi. Well, you know. If we haven't brightened up your day by now, <laughs> listeners slash viewers, you can always just go to bed tonight going, at least I didn't stuff a live eel up my ass. I can think of something worse, though. I'm sure you can, but you're going to tell us anyways. What happens if you stick the eel up your ass, it eats its way into your, 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 you know, your cavity, yeah. uh, your abdominal cavity, and it lays eggs. And on that note... We're out of here, folks. This is Keep Your Hat On. Good night, folks. Wow. Yeah. Um, we've we've hit a new level of something here, guys. I don't know what it is. And um, yeah, give us a Pikachu, something to smile at as we go out. Do us a favor. Please remember to like, click, and subscribe in spite of this episode or <laughs> because of it. We don't know. But honestly, folks. He's gone. Yeah, we've we've wasted enough of your time with our frivolity and our smiling faces. I'm Andrew Scott. <laughs> that's Chris Vacano. That's Robert Anthony. Have that's, a good week. That's Dr. Mark Peterson. And again, from everybody at Keep Your Hat On, don't forget, wear your masks, get your shots, take care of your fellow man, and remember, keep your hat on because we may end up miles from here with eels in our asses no <laughs> no no until next time everybody take care bye bye and try to recover take care everybody bye bye well there's a chunk of time you can't get back from portland oregon this has been keep your head on a big little show about a whole lot of nothing in particular Keep Your Hat On is a narrowband broadcast network production in association with PodSquadPDX.com. Andrew Scott, executive producer. Robert Anthony and Chris Vacano, associate producers. Our theme music was written and produced by Andrew Scott, along with help from Ron Kajawa. Website design and maintenance by Vacano Creative, Chris Vacano Webmaster. Available at VacanoCreative.com. Audio and video production by Andrew Scott, available at andrewscottmedia.com. Got ideas or comments for the show? Email us at talkback at kyhopodcast.com. And don't forget to like, click, and subscribe. On behalf of the boys, I'm your announcer, Michael Brumage. Thanks for listening. Uh, I guess. My hovercraft is full of eels. Huh? My hovercraft is full of eels. Ah, matches. Yeah, matches. Yeah, matches. <laughs> NBBN. The Narrowband Broadcast Network. The focus is on you.